The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Burnsy. Happy birthday to you. Episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 720. And I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, 
This episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Truco Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. We are halfway through October as we record this. And if you have not been able to celebrate the spooky season with Truco Coffee, I'm sure it's been good, but it could be better. And you should head out to TrueCultCoffee.com, subscribe, pick up some coffee, um, and it's just a great thing, right? And then you can make the Headless Horseman, which is True Cult Coffee, Fireball Whiskey, Pumpkin Spice Creamer, and that is the Headless Horseman. Did I miss anything on that one, Snowy? Mm, sounds pretty good to me. Well, no, that's your signature drink. I got it right, didn't I? <laughs> yes. yes. All right, making sure. <laughs> yeah that, that's also, also known as the snowman but we call it the headless horseman here because it's perfect for spooky season so mm-hmm. if you check out true call coffee right so they've already got the krampus stuff going on um i believe they're participating in a krampus crawl if you happen to be in the ohio area and near them um it's great to see events coming back because if anybody recalls prior to 2020 true call coffee was showing up everywhere it shows doing pop-up coffee bars Um, Mm -hmm. because this isn't you know some giant coffee conglomerate this isn't a coffee empire coffee bean occulta does not have a private jet that he flies around the country on Um, this is a dude raising a bunch of kids with his lovely wife who is very very understanding of all his craziness and they're really wonderful couple wonderful family and you know, they love coffee. So he sells coffee because he loves it. He also like builds stuff and he's, you know, designed his own rollers so he can silk screen stuff. He prints like he just, he's into everything. Right. And it's, it's not that he's just into everything, but when he does something, he takes it seriously. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you get something that he's screen printed, it's going to be a good quality. If you get his coffee, it's going to be a good quality. Right. Because, again, Mm -hmm. not just some, you know, company saying, hey, how cheap can we buy this from China? Ship it over and now we sell it to you. This is a dude who's like, "Okay, where can I get a great product that makes me happy and I can sell this to other people? They're going to enjoy this great cup of coffee. So, True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. Snowman, what is going on? Well, um, actually, a little bit of everything. As you kind of heard at the top of the hop there, we are in a celebratory mood, to say the least, because this episode represents our 16th birthday. Aw, we're sweet 16. Yeah, that's right. 16 Christine, just to get things really creepy. Thank goodness I am wearing my birthday suit for this episode. I almost didn't put it on today, but it's I'm wearing almost, it right no, now. No, almost didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, it was that yeah. close, but don't it's, worry. Crisis avoided. It's, it's actually hard, hard, hard to believe. Like when I was first approached 16 years ago, okay, like, hey, man, you want to... You want to do a podcast? I'm like, mm, okay, what's well, a podcast? Because there were no podcasts back then, or else there was like very, very few. And there was really, I could probably count, including us, all the metal ones on one hand, or at least two hands. There just wasn't, 
There just oh. wasn't a whole hell of a lot of them. So There's just... like five podcasts that were actively updating when I discovered Iron City Rocks that did any kind of rock and metal. And then I discovered you guys thanks to the Kiss episode you guys did. Ah. And by that point, I didn't even um, discover the original co-host. I discovered it with Rock. Right. Right. Who was the second one. And all and all that, yeah. But yeah, my, my my point is, it's just like we're still here. You know, you know, you know what I mean. We've seen so many podcasts come and go because people don't really understand what goes into this. Yeah, as as a listener, you, you're the new episode is out. You download it, you enjoy it. That's kind of the end. Like to bring this together, and there's more to doing this than just. Us sitting down, well, we like to say, well, all we do is just sit down and press press record and have a couple of drinks and have a good time. But no, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes in order to kind of get this going. You know, there's dealing with with that backstage, you know, people in the industry and there's, there's hooking up interviews and there's the time that we put in just to create the content and to do this every week, you know, that's 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 time consuming, you know. And I think over the years we've had some some other podcasts kind of, kind of come and go when they realize, oh shit, like there's a lot going into this. I've got other things going on in my in in my world. I got this. I got this. I got this. I don't think that I can dedicate time to something that we don't get paid for that's kind of key as well like <laughs> there's no money in this unless you're doing millions of 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 downloads and you're a, a celebrity beforehand that's the only people that are really kind of make, making any money off of i mean it. there's so the private content on the only fans but we don't talk about yeah. that often <laughs> <clears throat> that's right yes that's right that's a very very specific niche audience. That's yeah. right. Very exclusive. That's why we don't talk about it here very often. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. So I just I just wanted to take a uh, moment and say congratulations and happy birthday to you, my friend. Thank you for everything that um, you do with this show. And we want to give a shout out to all of our past co-hosts as well you know i we don't always keep in touch with a lot of them as much as we would like to but everyone you know kind of has a life and is busy and that's totally understandable um before we kind of get on with this episode and it's going to be a little bit different than we normally do because you know what it's a party time. It's a celebration. It's an anniversary. So we just want to put our feet up. We want to pour a couple drinks. We just want to have a good time and be damned with convention. So before we get into that, first of all, dude, you totally no-sold me on my Ramones impression at the beginning of the show there. What's up with that? Well, because it's a Simpsons reference, right? Right. I have yes, never when... been a big Simpsons guy. Oh, okay. Like, uh, and so you know, like when you say Mr. Burns, I'm like, oh, okay. But I, I couldn't have placed the episode. And then once you said Ramones, I'm like, oh, 
Yeah, I vaguely remember that. But <laughs> yeah, you know, like you said, we can't be into everything. You know, no, it, no. even some things miss me occasionally. You know, <laughs> even something with the Ramones in it could miss me, and and that it takes a lot to get that by me normally. It was, it was actually through The Simpsons, and believe it or not, okay, that my daughter first heard of the Ramones. I am disappointed in your parenting. And well, I, I know, I know. It's just for for some reason, little Snowy just never gravitated toward music. It's just really, it just was never her thing. So she probably heard over the years a lot of Ramones coming out of my stereo and all that, but she just never really paid paid much attention to it. And then there was that episode, Mr. Burns's birthday, where they hired the Ramones to sing Happy Birthday to him, and all that. So that's where. Little Snowy kind of picked up on the Ramones. One of the things I will never forget, I might have mentioned this on the show in in the past, and we'll probably do that a lot tonight because birthdays, anniversaries, and all that, that's always good for reminiscing, of course. Well, I'll never forget this: the Ramones beat on the brat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, I would walk around the house just kind of singing to myself, you know, beat on the brat, beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Okay, and little Snowy thought nothing of it. Well, just about a year ago, okay, she just happened to be visiting and I was listening to music and I had the Ramones on and she just stopped mid-conversation and just kind of looked at me and said, I can't believe that's an actual song. <laughs> <laughs> I th I thought you were just being you, <laughs> you know. It's like no, no. It's like it's an old Ramon song. Oh, Ramon's from The Simpsons. Yes, true story. Uh, yes. My mom used Ramones to sing that to my sister to make her upset. <laughs> it was hysterical. Right like my my <laughs> it, it it's you know like like when you talk about siblings and stuff, and sometimes they're polar opposites. My sister and I have a lot of similarities, but when it comes to sense of humor, she is definitely slightly more uptight than I am. And uh, uh, yeah, we would do that. And it's funny that you do leave with Ramones today because I literally quoted the Ramones to one of my coworkers who I, I don't think understood. Um, I even told him I was quoting the Ramones because we were talking about all the projects. And I said, dude, to quote the Ramones, my brain is hanging upside down. <laughs> And they just kind of give you that look like the deer in the headlights. Well, thankfully, it was all via messenger, so, you know. Oh, okay. I, I, I just basically heard digital crickets, you know. Uh, <laughs> digital crickets, there's a bad name. <laughs> well, I just wrote down your uh, line about the Ramones playing on your stereo. I'm like, man, I've never heard that in a song. So I'm like, let me jot that lyric idea down here, Snowy. Thank you for that. I know it. Right on. I'm glad we brought up the Ramones here because um, as I was just going about my business yesterday as we speak, in 2006 was the final day of CBGB's. Wow. That, that, that legendary club. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it was that long ago that they had, they had closed the doors. And I don't know what what CBGB's is now today I'm sure it's something lame like a a clothing store or something like eh, we had a really apartments. 
Yeah, yeah. We had a really cool uh, venue here called The Collective. I saw a lot of really cool show. Great all 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 ages place. And uh, when that shut down, like some American Apparel bullshit store moved 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 in, and it's like, oh god. Ah, if you're gonna shut down something good, replace it with something good. So yeah, yeah. One one of my biggest rock and roll regrets is I never got to CBGBs because I'm. Up here in isolated Canada, and you know, in order to see see stuff like this, I have to travel. And over these last years and all that, just doing a lot of travel just isn't wasn't in the cards. But I'm going to be doing more and more of that over the next couple years as well. Before we do yeah. get on with a um, track for True Cavalt Coffee for our mandatory metal segment it is october shit it's october 17th as we record october 17th when you hear this probably around the 21st right right well (laughs) we're uh i'm off and running with my october horror movie challenge oh yeah how's it going uh last night i slapped movie 19 aliens on Last night, not not the first seventy eight one, but the nineteen eighty six sequel. Old 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 favorite of mine, really good stuff, and that makes it yeah, that makes it movie number nineteen. So I'm two games up here, so I'm already off and running. That that's with doing things like uh, I'm going to be getting to it later, going to a comic to uh, music conventions and. Had lot, lot, lots of shows, and the Blue Jays were in the playoffs, and it's just there's just so many other things going. So I'm kind of proud of myself that I'm done. I'm too ahead here. So maybe afterwards, when we're done, maybe I'll watch a couple more tonight, and off and running. So let's us get off and running here, like we said, with tonight's mandatory metal. The new Emprecation is available now in Nomain Diablio. And let's go with, uh, I guess, the first, what they're calling the first single, Bringer of Sickness. So, <clears throat> for a true Cavalt coffee, this is Emprecation.
from the soon to be now i think it's available now the new record from patriarchs in black from reach for the scars that is a sing for the devil and patriarchs in black you're kind of quasi sort of an all-star band on drums you got johnny kelly who was ex ex danzig and the current drummer for quiet riot as well as dan lorenzo ex hades on guitar really really cool stuff imagine imagine being in kelly's shoes now and uh as as quiet riot's new drummer wow yeah <laughs> okay like filling those shoes Okay, <laughs> filling Frank Frank Benelli's shoes, like you think Johnny, you think um, Rodney Dangerfield got no respect, you know? I'm sure Kelly gets even less just well, think for about trying things. to do it. Like if you screw up the beginning to come on, feel the noise, you'll <laughs> never hear the end of it. You won't. Like do ka do ka. Like you drop your yeah. stick in that beginning, you're screwed. Like that's like, it. You're done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fans will eat you alive. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But that is some really great stuff. Check them out. Well, my friend, like I said, it's a uh, it's anniversary time. It's celebration time. I got the fireballs going in my brand new Death Scream Bloody Gore mug. No! Awesome! Where'd you pick that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this record convention that I'm going to be talking about soon enough. It was actually Mrs. Snowy. She pointed it out to me. I was like, oh, okay, I'm grabbing that. And then when we got home and I'm pouring my 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 first coffee in it and, and all that, she was like, you know, I kind of had my eyeball on this mug for you for about a year now when we went into Wild Planet there and we just never managed to make to make our way back for one reason or another. So it's like, well, sorry, dear, I didn't know that, or else I probably would have, you know, I probably would have passed on this so you could go out and grab it. But I'm glad she pointed it out. Yeah, I got the fireballs going in it, and going to be a really good time. Whenever I go to a concert, like on like a Wednesday night. You know, I like to say, yeah, it's Wednesday night, but we're going to turn it into Saturday night, to quote the immortal Sam Kinison. So that's <laughs> what I'm doing on this Monday. So <clears throat> kind of without further ado, we're going to jump into everything. And like I said, it's going to be one of those one of those episodes where we're just no rhyme and reason. We're just going to kick back, shoot the shit. What do you want to talk about? Well, um, you've been talking about horror movies. Let me tell you about the stuff I've been watching. Okay. Right? So, one, <coughs> have um, have you heard of The Curse of Bridge Hollow? Mm, no, I have not. So, it's like number one in Netflix US today. And oh, okay. it's got Marlon Wayans, and this is um, goes under the category we talked of talked about last year of like starter horror movies, like how do you start your kids on stuff? Right. Um, it, it's dude, it's so much fun because it's it's classic horror film stuff. You know, the parents don't believe the kids. They move to a small town from the big city. Weird stuff starts happening in the old house, and things come alive. Right. 
and it's it's just super fun. Like Marlon Wayans does a great job um, in his role. You know, is like the dad and like kind of the co-lead with his daughter because his daughter's kind of kind of the lead here too. And it's just hysterical. Like it's funny, it's fun, and so I I highly recommend it to any of our listeners, especially with children. Um, it, it's a great, fun family scare to watch. But Snowy, I honestly think you'll enjoy it because I think you'll see so many horror movie cliches in there that you'll just okay. chuckle at those. Um, and you will appreciate the soundtrack. We'll, we'll talk about it after you watch it. And it's a particular song at a particular moment. I think you'll appreciate <laughs> Right on. I love yeah. stuff like that. Okay, fair enough. All right. And then Tubi. Right. So, you know, you're always preaching Tubi here on this show. Um, I went on to Tubi because it is the only place, the only place to stream for free online the original Creature from the Black Lagoon. Really? Yeah. The only free legal place, I guess we'll say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tubi's got it. So if you guys are Jones and Four, go check it out. I watched it today on Tubi. The ads were pretty minimal, quite honestly. And I swear they've restored it. It looks way better than I remember. Well, that's awesome. Like, like way better. It's fantastic. And just the the design of the creature, and I think we've talked about this before. Uh, Millicent Patrick, the woman that designed the creature costume, and the book, The Lady uh, from the Black Lagoon. Uh, definitely worth your time to read because it's just fantastic how you know she designed that creature and just man, it's so so cool looking. So yes, yeah, so I was watching that and then Tremors, the first one, and I started Tremors oh, two today. Right on, right on. That first Tremors is amazing. Oh yeah, they're classics, dude. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I, like Wait. I was watching that, I'm like, man, this is just such a good horror film. You know, <laughs> and and it's one everyone can watch. It's got Kevin Bacon in it. It's it's funny as hell, and uh, it just—it's the type of like horror film horror film connoisseurs like me love it. And movie night, maybe your wife or girlfriend, she's not so much into it. Like this is that's one that she can enjoy as well. It's win-win. Absolutely, absolutely. So, speaking of birthdays, so we're we're sixteen, but do you know there's something that's important to to both of us and all of our listeners that turned forty this year? <clears throat> well, okay, I know Metal Blade Records does, right? Okay. Something By, else. Think something else that that we all use to enjoy music, at least at one point. Hmm. So it's something that started in 1982. Am I? Okay. They weren't widespread by then. I don't even think in 1982 I'd even heard of one, but are we talking CDs? We are. The compact disc. Because <laughs> I believe it was first released in Japan in 1982. There were like 50 different titles that count as the first releases on CD. But okay. it blew my mind that the compact disc is 40 years old. And kind of on its way out already. Mm-hmm. No, it totally is. Like, I I can't remember the last new CD I bought. Yeah, well, and the funny thing is, they were saying there's actually been an uptick in CD sales. Um, which uh, I find yeah, interesting. Actually, yeah, which is like, what the hell? Like, I thought vinyl was... Yeah. You know, but... 
Listen, as long as somebody's still buying physical product, I'm okay with it. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for sure. Or let's, let's put it this way. Buying product, period. If you buy your music digitally, that's great. Like, as long as somebody is getting your money for listening to it, there's not a giant corporation. Mm-hmm. You know? And for anyone who wants to be like, oh, well, Metallica's a giant corporation. Yeah, they weren't, asshole. <clears throat> You know, like, anytime somebody starts to be like, wow, Lars and his, oh, well, they have enough money. You know what? Fuck you. I seriously doubt you were ever near the level of poverty Metallica was still doing your job. I mm-hmm. really doubt it. <clears throat> right? Like, that was a whole different level. But anyway. Um, fuck, how do we get here? I don't know. But yeah. So, <laughs> the CD 40, I couldn't believe it. You know, that was some pretty pretty fun stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Did you hear about the return of famous monsters? As in the magazine. Yes. It was just announced like yesterday or the day before. No. What's going on? Well, there's another company and I can't remember exactly who they are that is um, working to bring back the famous monsters brand. So it is on its way back. I, I don't know entirely what that means. I believe it was announced at the Son of Monster Palooza Festival in California over the weekend. Um, but it's of significance to us in the metal world because Corey Taylor of Slipknot's involved. Okay. I was like, wow. Like, that's really cool. And honestly, it makes sense. You know, at the same time, that'd be that'd be like if Alice Cooper was a partner. Like, yeah, duh. <laughs> or Kirk sense, Hammett. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised Kirk <clears throat> Hammett's not the partner. Mm-hmm. I could totally see Kirk. I mean, with with Kirk's horror collection, like, yeah, it would completely make sense for him to uh, be involved. But yeah, dude, like, can you believe that? Famous monsters that you can't kill it. It's it's literally like a monster movie. Like you kill it and then it comes back. And then you kill it, and it comes back again. Isn't that great? Hey, that's, that's you know, horror film franchises are based on that. Exactly. It's like, maybe this one will be Famous Monsters in Space. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds good. Right on, right yeah. on. So what, so what else is going on? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, since we're talking about horror movies and all things like that going on, um, I know... You are big on the werewolves, huge, huge, and all and and all of that. Um, the Marvel special presentation feature Werewolf by Night debuted this week. Please, please tell me you caught it. This oh, is your hell yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I watched it on its premiere day. I can't remember if it was on my lunch break or if I like watched it for breakfast. If I watched it that early, it may have been for breakfast. Um, because I like, I've been waiting so long, Snowy. I put it on my work calendar for my entire team to see, uh, like our shared calendar. I'm like, I want, I'm like, I want everybody to know. One of my coworkers, he is uh, fighting cancer. He's out for the second time now. Okay. And we're all pulling for him. But um, mm-hmm. like last time I told him, I'm like, okay, um, it really sucked not talking to you for months. I'm going to start bugging you more. You know, if I annoying, just don't respond or tell me to stop it. So I've been texting him already. And um, 
I'm like, dude, you watch it? He's like, no, I'm in the hospital for another week. I'm like, all right, as soon as you're out, you got to let me know. Because, dude, we've been talking about this for months now. He was the one who told me about it. He's like, dude, he's like, there are rumors of a werewolf by night one shot coming out on Disney Plus. I'm like, no. And then it was like the speculation was like, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like the new Werewolf by Night that leans heavy into the Native American culture in the U.S. here? I'm like, oh, how cool would that be, right? That would be. But they went the other way and leaned back into the 70s. But I feel like there are so many, I feel like there's so many different things that they could do with it. And it could be a series. They could bring, like, wow, so many things. So tell, tell me your thoughts. Let's start dissecting this. Well, I really didn't know what to expect. Like when I when I was a kid, the werewolf by night that I was familiar with, and even then, my memory of it is outside of the the wolf itself, okay, and some old panels here and there. Like my memory of the original '70s comic, you know, isn't isn't quite there. But I remembered like really digging it as a kid and. Well, you know, because it's a werewolf, you know, <laughs> like, and um, so when they announced this, I'm like, okay, this is really cool. I'm actually surprised it took this long for someone to create a werewolf by night movie. It's actually, it's not Marvel itself that I was kind of su- surprised, like, I figured if it was going to be made, it would have been Marvel would have sold the rights off or or licensed the rights to the film in you know about 1982-83 when werewolves kind of had that mini boom with oh, yeah. the Howling Wolf in American Werewolf in London Silver Bullet at, the, at that time Silver Bullet yeah at that time like werewolves were all the rage and I'm actually surprised. You know, even then, as a kid watching all these 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 werewolf movies, and it's like, well, where's my werewolf by night movie? You know, I didn't think, you know, at one time, fast forward more than thirty years later, you're going to have this whole Marvel universe, and all of a sudden, all of these movies that I wanted to see as a kid are coming to life. You know, because that's just the way the way the world is. So I was I was really excited to see it. Okay. I really dug it. I like the story to it and all that. I think this, like, this can't be it. Okay, when you say one shot, okay, there, there's going to be a part two at some point. There has just to the be. Way kind of, yeah, like, this this can't be it. Because I think they're set the, up for a series. I really do. That's what I'm thinking, too, because it was, and this is where I got really excited Okay, <laughs> where I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Spoiler, okay, before I say another word, yeah, pause this show, go to Disney+, Plus, watch Werewolf by Night. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Man Thing. Okay. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, boy, I love it. I was, yes, yes, yes. I recognize the creature, but I thought I recognized the creature as more of like a Cthulhu, like a Lovecraftian sort of thing. So, uh, and then you said yeah, Man-Thing tonight. I'm like, right, Man-Thing. I don't know why I know Man-Thing. So can you give me some background here? 
Uh, it's just this swamp guy, this guy that got turned into this swamp swamp creature, you know, and there's a very, um, uh, how do you want to phrase it? There's like this, this character is, uh, is a metaphor for taking care of the environment in in ways just with 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 with, it, with its powers and what it stands for and you know fighting the good fight for nature and all that. Well, so it's, is he kind of like Swamp Thing? Yeah, yeah. Marvel in okay. DC over the years, you know, you had you have Submariner over here in Marvel DC. You had Aquaman. You had the Atom with DC. You had. Um, Ant-Man for Marvel. You got Man-Thing for Marvel. You got Swamp-Thing for DC. Like, this has been going on for years. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, in a way, they're kind of the same. What I'm thinking that, and we're going to get bombarded by a bunch of, you know, comic nerds telling me how I'm way off. Please, I'm <laughs> I'm doing this off, off, off the cusp, please. Please, what I'm hoping for, when you said series, okay, I'm kind of hoping for a Marvel equivalent of DC's Dark, Dark, ju- like Dark Justice, Justice League Dark, I should say, where yeah, they have all of the more. Uh, okay, well, Justice League Dark has, you, you know, some of their more darker characters, the Demon and Constantine and. Some some of those superheroes and villains kind of on the dark side, making up their own superhero group. I'm kind of hoping where this leads down the line is the Marvel equivalent, you know, with the werewolf, with Man-Thing, Blade, maybe? How about Dracula? Dracula had a uh, his own comic series in uh I heard a in rumor the about Blade well. coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, this is, and this is all speculation. We don't have any PR behind the scenes, you know, at Marvel feeding us information or anything. This is just, it's just you and I fucking around here. This is what I am hoping for, you know, and I'm really excited for it. I am too, dude. Like, I, uh, like, man thing, like I said, he really looked like Cthulhu to me. But I, mm-hmm. I dug the character. I'm like, okay, I recognize this. I don't know why. Now, was he in the original 70s Werewolf by Night? Because I'm guessing that's where these stories are based. Is I on, don't on that remember. Character? I don't remember seeing Man Thing, you know, doing a special appearance in a Werewolf by Night comic. I have no doubt they crossed over at some point because Man Thing had his own series. Now that's not to say, you know, there isn't that 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 crossover and all that. So, yeah, it's um, I'm sure there's a connection there in the past, and they're going to go forward with it. Now, with all that said, after Mrs. Snowy and I, when we were done watching the Werewolf by Night, she said. Okay, I really dug this. I like where it's going. Hopefully we see some more of this man thing. I guess I'm finally going to have to watch the movie now. The man thing movie. There's a man thing movie? There is. Okay, now. (laughs) Not 
Okay. There was a Man Thing movie about 10 years ago. Okay. It's not part of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. It was just they sold someone, some independent horror film company wanted, bought, licensed, you know, the rights to this character. And basically turned it into if Friday the 13th was a swamp monster. Basically, okay. that's 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 what it what it was. The, the, the when when you finally saw the creature, the man thing creature, it was kind of like, uh, well, it does a little bit look like man thing, but no, no, no. This was just a really really and. For a horror film, it was adequate. For a superhero film, it was the shits. <laughs> okay. Because it really wasn't any any of that. This was not the man thing that I knew. So I said to Mrs. Snow, it's like, no, you don't need to see this. I want what you saw just now. I want that to be your own vision of man thing going, you know, henceforth. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I wouldn't buy unless like if, if you're a diehard horror film fan, like 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 myself and you wonder if you're really curious and all that, maybe go check it out. Like I have I have it on DVD because I couldn't find it anywhere. The only way I was able to get it is to actually buy it. And I found a copy for a cheap price. And it's like, OK, I'll take a chance on this. And yeah, I wasn't exactly blown away and not only as a horror film fan, but as just the science fiction superhero fan. This just doesn't <clears throat> just never really did a whole hell of a lot for me. So yeah, um approach with caution. I don't think this is the film for you. And like <laughs> you said, you didn't That's even it. know that it existed. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, I I really dug the werewolf by night, and the only thing though, okay, yeah. when it ended, we were like, "What? It's over?" It yes, was like fifty. It was like fifty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's not a total feature length. They called it a special presentation, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, it <laughs> it, it was short, and like I said, it was it was a good one shot. Um, I could have gone for 90 minutes would have been great, mm -hmm. but I gotta say, okay. And again, spoilers. So if you haven't watched it already, we really recommend pausing right now, right? Like mm -hmm. pause spoilers. But so I loved how it started in black and white as a complete homage mm -hmm. to like the original Wolfman. And mm -hmm. then at the end faded out to color. Uh, because I know you oh, want to talk yeah. about the monsters, and and I've got strong feelings about the monsters. Um, okay. Be, because of, of their choice of cinematography. And I thought that the way they did Werewolf by Night was a phenomenal way to introduce the character and then bring him modern. Because the way it was shot, it, it could have been set in the 40s, you know? 
Mm-hmm. But then at the I end, think that was the idea. Oh yeah, but then at the end, it's completely modern day. I'm like, oh, that was really clever. Like that was mm-hmm. that was pretty darn brilliant the way they pulled that off. So, um, yeah, yeah, like, like I'm. Dude, I'm I'm dying for a series. I would take a series with this guy. I would honestly love a series with the new revamp they did in 2020 with the Native American uh, character. Mm-hmm. And I well, apologize to everybody. I can't some, remember like his some name. point them doing that in like a part two or something. Man, I hope so. Oh, yeah. Like bring them together. Oh, that'd be even cooler. Mm-hmm. That'd be so cool, dude. I'd love that. Right on, right on. And I'm sure you're chomping at the bit over the uh, the new Munsters movie. Well, so oh, uh, how uh-oh. about you tell me? I, I heard a well. How about you tell me your thoughts first? Because I've got um, very strong feelings here. I actually have not seen it. It's not oh. on Netflix up here. Oh what? Oh, it's you're wrong. No, not at least at least not yet. Okay, at least the other day when I went to sit down to look for it and all that, it's it's not up here, up here. So the other day though, I decide I'm going to hit Sunrise, okay? Because they said it was going to be out on Blu-ray. Yeah. And Netflix at the same time. Yes. Okay. Fine. Okay. Like I've we've said over the show many times, you know, buying a record sound unheard. Okay. I decided, okay, it's not up on Netflix here. I'm going to take that chance. Okay, like everyone likes to bash Rob Zombie's movies and all that. A good 75% of his movies have been really good, and I've really enjoyed them. So I was kind of optimistic about the monsters here. I get to the shop. I get to Sunrise Records. I hit the new release DVDs. Can't find it. Okay, I go into the general section. Can't find it. Okay, what's going on here? So I go and ask one of the clerks, and he looks it up. Um, we had a couple copies in, but it looks like they're all sold out already. Wow. Um, well, that's that's promising. Okay, you know, but that doesn't fucking help me. I want to see this damn thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, no, to make a long story short, too late. I have not seen it yet, and it's kind of gnawing at me because I was really looking forward to talking about it with you. Well, we will talk about this after you see it, then. I, I will. I will hold my feelings because I have very strong feelings, and that honestly gives me a chance to do what I would li- really like to do, and that's watch <clears throat> it again. Oh, okay. Um, because like I started watching it, and then because when it came out, I was traveling home, and. Like, I've watched it very disjointed, so this would give me a chance to sit down and try to watch it. Because the thing is, like, the complaints that I had heard people talk about, I'm like, yeah, like, you guys are off base with those complaints. I have some other complaints, especially being a fan the way that Rob Zombie's a fan. Um, ah. per- and and the, the one thing I, I will say is, personally, I feel it should have been shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. really think it should have been shot in black and white because if you want to recapture the original series and you know what <laughs> some somebody like Netflix or somebody needs to add like a black and white filter so I could just switch something on 
and yeah. watch it in black and white because I have a feeling if I saw it in black and white, I'd feel differently about it. Right, right. Like a, a special edition, like you buy the Blu-ray and then part of the um, the extras is the option to watch it in black and white. Yeah. Why on earth, and they're remaking this or they're doing another adaptation of this, but 1994's The Crow? Oh, why? Why the hell was that not in black and white? Oh, yeah, that would have been good. Like, that's, you know, and I've watched, I've tried watching it, like, I've turned, like, on my my old TV, I've turned, I turned the, uh, the color over to black and white on the TV, and it's like, okay, this kind of was what I was wanting, but it's, yeah no it's just not the same so i went back to color like that that movie screamed black and white now you were saying when i mentioned the crow you said what why why the fuck would they do that yeah i totally agree with that because they're telling the eric draven story again why it's like what what the why they made one of the best movies ever you know, with, with the first with one of the best with, with legends story. of Hollywood. With, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, why do you need to do that? They retold it anyways with the Crow Stairway to Heaven teaser uh, TV series. That I said, what the fuck? Did they, they like they totally dropped the ball because the idea of the Crow character, you know, it's not just one guy. The, the Crow resurrects the the person whoever was wronged okay one of the things that i like if you were okay when they made the sequel to the crow you know a couple years later with with iggy pop and mia kirshner and all that why not have it a girl why not tell it a different story they basically they basically remade the eric draven story with a different character just small small little differences but it was basically the same damn movie and it was uh, like i went and saw it and i bought the soundtrack because the soundtrack kicks ass you know whole doing a uh, cover of fleetwood max gold dust woman of course you got E pop and all that so it was a great record but it was the it was the same damn movie now fast forward almost 30 years later you want to do another crow fine Okay, please, but to tell the same story again, like, like, come on, like I said, like, mix it up. One of my ideas that I I always thought might have been, you know, but this is really button pushing and all that. But um, someone blew up a, a location of Planned Parenthood or something like that, and an innocent you know, girl, innocent woman is killed and then red and then resurrected and all that to kill these terrorists and all that, that killed her and her child because she wasn't there, you know, for an abortion. She was there for a pap smear test or uh, to check oh, her breast so that, for cancer. That'd be a story I could get or something. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that like, some, just do yeah. something like that. Like, fuck shit up, man. Like, <laughs> you know, make make people think, piss people off. Like to tell the Eric Draven story again. No, no, like that's. Uh, uh, so I'm not. Now, am I gonna go see it? 
Maybe not. Am I going to see it on Netflix or whatever? Probably. Probably. Sorry, I kind of got a little a little derailed there, but I have a strong opinion, you know, obviously about that. And once again, it's a comic book movie. That is something that people like, OK, the people that read comic books and all that, like we knew about the Crow comic book series and all that. But there is an infinite number of people that just discovered the crow through the movie and had no idea it was a comic book as, as well as uh, Blade. We mentioned Blade earlier. When those movies came out, you know, everyone was just gushing about this, about this new superhero that fights, fights vampires with a sword and he's part vampire and all that. And it's like, yeah, I remember Blade from the comics. What? Okay, we're done. Oh, dude, I had no idea Blade was a comic or a Marvel property until way later, like way after the third movie. And then um, at my buddy's comic book shop, who I mentioned last week, Pittsburgh Comics, I'm like, dude, what do you have for Blade? And he had this fantastic um, collection of like the old black and white um, 70s comics. Oh, okay. And I, th- that was my introduction to reading the Blade comics. I'm like, oh, these are good. Like, these are right. really yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I had no idea either, dude. Okay. Well, maybe that's a little bit, you know, to quote Brian Posehn, that's a little bit of the nerd rage. Uh, you know what, there. though? It's okay. You know, but again, like you always say, we can't be into everything. But I got I to gotta <laughs> bring it back Monsters here again real quick. Okay, please. Um, because Fright Rags has had a Monsters collection up. And I have their Hell on Wheels from the original Monsters series and another Monsters. They put up the Monsters movie collection. And um, I have one of those shirts. But now they, they actually have it. I don't know if you've. Pardon me, sorry. Um, I don't know if you've seen the the Herman Munster like in his punk gear or whatever. You know, oh, where he's no, the microphone. I want that. Well, they're making that into a shirt, and so I'm probably okay. gonna buy that because because that's it's such a cool shirt. So, yeah, we we will we will definitely go into depth about this once we've both been able to watch it. So you keep me posted, okay? And that that'll give me time right to on. go back and like give it a fresh eye and really enjoy it. Even though I didn't get a copy of the Monsters movie, I did on DVD find a uh, copy. Okay, there was a while, but the mid... I guess it was the late 90s because Little Snowy would have been old enough to appreciate this and all that. But there was a series of Scooby-Doo full-length animated features. They never made it to the theater or anything like that. They were all directly to VHS and, and all that, but we really got behind them. The one that we really enjoyed the most was Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Okay. Does that does that mean anything to you? It does not. Oh, okay, okay. Well, what was going on is the Scooby Gang were ended up going to um, Matt to Massachusetts to investigate this ghost, this so called Witch's Ghost. And it was all, it was basically Scooby goes to Salem. 
Oh yes. Yeah. Like like it's yeah, like it's 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 kind of that. It's kind of that whole thing. Along the way, the gang meets the female rock band the Hex Girls. Okay. Where they're you know, they're the goth chicks, they have vamp they have prosthetic vampire teeth and you know, they're 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 Wiccans and they're they sing about goth girls saving the earth. And all Sounds that. Sounds about and I, right. Oh yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It's 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 really one of my favorite movies. Like if someone gave me a pet piece of pen and paper, Snowy, write write down your twenty favorite movies. Like Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost would be one of them. What I totally forgot though, okay, and I felt like a knob, okay, when I was rewatching. It's like we had this movie on VHS, and obviously it's down in the Snowy Vaults and all that. We needed a a, a DVD copy, so I'm watching it. <clears throat> Some of it all came rushing back. Jane Weedlin from the Go-Go's was the voice of Luna, the drummer from, or the keyboardist from the Hex Girls. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that totally makes sense. That's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm going to totally recommend it. I, I put down the Witch's Ghost as part of my October horror movie challenge because it definitely fits it it fits in with it and I just I loved it I totally marked out when I was in the uh, comic book shop as well the first issue of a 12 issue limited series of uh, another Batman meets Scooby-Doo mysteries series is going on I've, I've i flipped through that i'm really i'm really digging that they had a series back then a regular series that i know made almost 200 issues or something once again forgive me everyone all of our comic book nerds that are listening i only recently got back into collecting comics full times so yeah <clears throat> everything is kind of i'm um, a little up in the air about you know dotting the I's and crossing T's on everything in the comic world right now. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely enjoying that. So homework, dude. And this is a, this is a family movie for you, the whole, the whole Aaron brood. Check out Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Okay. It so is really cool stuff. speaking of Scooby-Doo, cause I do want, do want to hear it. Have you heard that in whatever the latest iteration of something is going to be, that Velma is going to be a lesbian? I heard that, yeah. Can I tell you that and I'm upset honestly, about it, but I'm probably not upset about it for the reason that everybody else is? Uh, okay, what's your reason? Velma's hot. I've had a crush on Velma since I was a little <laughs> kid. Like, who wants yeah. their crush to turn out to be not interested yeah. in them at like, all? You, you have no... Okay, at, at, you obviously had no chance because she's an animated character. Although Linda Listen, movies, I was shit. eight. Come on, well, sure. you can't tell me I had no chance. <laughs> you had no chance, but you always had that glimmer of hope. Exactly, that little, that little glimmer. Exactly. Okay. You had you finally meet Velma somehow. God only knows. Okay. And little Aaron, he gets the courage. He's going to ask Velma out, you know, 
And then shot down, but not because she's an animated character, not because she doesn't exist. But sorry, dude, you, no matter all the sweet talking and all that, it's just not going to happen because, yeah, apparently she's, she's in the chicks. Yeah. Now, that said, did you not always kind of sort nope. of it's, it's 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 not like I have this huge gaydar they call it okay but i was uh, when they announced it i was kind of like yeah yeah okay i see it yeah so yeah. i have zero gaydar for starters uh, right but also <laughs> come on you can't tell me that you didn't think that velma was going to be your perfect woman uh I mean, come on. She's smart. She is attractive, right? Mm -hmm. But she's definitely the smart one. And I'm sorry, but brains are hot. They are. They are. Yeah, she's... Velma was the what was, was called what's Hollywood ugly. A smoking hot chick, but she's got glasses on. Yeah. She's, she's really, kind of nerdy. That's she's a great got, way of putting it. Yeah. No, that, that's an actual expression. Hollywood ugly. Remember Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Okay. You had the model. What the hell was her name? Ginger. Ginger. And then you, you had Marianne. And Marianne was the hot one. Well, no. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Oh, she I'll was. fight you. I, 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 no, no. I, I, I agree. To you and I, and to a lot of other guys as well, Marianne was definitely the hot one. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, but that's not public perception. We're both huge w, um, said WWF. We are huge WKRP fans. Yes. And you know where I'm going with this. Oh, Bailey. Bailey versus Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jennifer I is beautiful. Yes. Nothing against Jennifer, but Bailey, Bailey all day long. Is smoke it total smoke yeah. show yeah 100 oh, percent. to yeah. this day to this day jad smithers is in her 70s i think now and she's still looking pretty good for, uh, for dude that. it's it's like my my um lita ford crush like net net like they will always be the age i saw them the first time it doesn't matter how old they get they will always be the age they were when I saw them that first time and was completely smitten as a, as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, for sure. That's yeah. just how the mind works. Carrie Fisher. Oh, okay. yes. Like, to me, like, Carrie Fisher will always be the Empire Strikes Back in the white snowsuit on Hoth. Mm, see, that's good, but I will always be in Iron Bikini. Well, yeah, most of the guys, yeah, uh, like the um, the Jedi bikini, I get that. Yeah, and I'm but sorry I, to be I, cliche, but dude, <laughs> I, I, oh, no, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone look better. <laughs> See, she definitely had it going on, but for me, less less was more with her uh, with her snowsuit. Yeah, you're you right. know, Hoth because it's you know it's hot, it's a cold planet, you know, like. Maybe she needs a little warmth. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, maybe, things I yeah. didn't think I'd be talking about tonight. <laughs> okay, yeah. When we sat down and pressed record, okay, I didn't think that I was going to be talking about Scooby Doo. I didn't think I was going to be talking about the Crow. I didn't think I was going to be talking about the Hollywood ugly concept. Nothing, nothing. This is just 
the seat of our pants here. Yeah, but back it. to Velma. Like I was so <laughs> upset. I was so upset. And then you know, there's part of me is like, oh, well, come on, you know, like, like, like you can't be upset about that. But yes, I can because I've had a crush on Velma for so long, and where it really hits home is this has happened to me in real life. Ah. Like, at least once, probably two or three times at this point. I, like, to the point where I'm like, okay, should I have been a woman? Am I seriously a lesbian? You know, be, because, like, 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 you know, I mean, thankfully my wife is straight. But, you know, or who knows, I may have been single for life. But, <laughs> um, I, like, I have definitely had a very strong attraction attraction to women who end up being lesbians you know and i because i just think they're awesome women right they're just awesome you know and so you know when 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 this came out with velma i'm like oh man i'm like i i'm just so torn <laughs> like it just it just it's just like oh ah. <laughs> You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Have you seen Linda Cardinelli in the um, the Scooby Doo live action movies? Oh yes, and she solidified hot Velma for me. Oh geez, yeah. I've never known Velma to have cleavage before. Uh, see, Velma's <laughs> always had cleavage. It's just been hidden under that big orange sweater. <laughs> that big orange sweater, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Before we get onto some tunes here. I want to talk a little bit of the movies here because I had the good fortune of taking in the Dio Dreamers Never Die documentary in the theaters. Rock on. Now, dude. this this is already maybe about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, just because of scheduling and all that. We really haven't had a, a chance to talk about it. But for one night <clears throat> in theaters, like all over the world, they aired this awesome documentary all about the life and times of Ronnie James Dio. Okay. And when I saw it, it's like, okay, I can work this in. Okay. I have to be there. I have to see this. Like, this is going to be really cool. Um, when I got to the theater, okay. Um, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of people there. Like, it's just, not something that's going to draw a lot of people. And you might be thinking, okay, well, if no one is there, why would the theater air it? Well, I'm sure like the producers cut a deal with the whole chain theaters, you know, the whole, the whole chain to air it for one night, maybe only about 20 people, I believe. Okay. Saw it in Winnipeg at that theater, but in New York, LA, London, they it, it was probably packed, you know, so it, that's that's probably how that deal worked out. Regardless, it doesn't matter how they did it. It was just so cool to see a heavy metal documentary in the theater. The last time I saw that was the um, the uh, Get Thrashed documentary where I saw it in my uh, local art house theater here in oh, Winnipeg, oh. which is, which is, it's, it's, it's the same, but it's not like to see metal in the big, the, the big mainstream theater 
was definitely a victory. And it was a very, very powerful documentary. It was very comprehensive. Going back to Dio's childhood. Oh, wow. Dude. Okay, just, just as a little Dio all the way up to his final days. You know, when he was in a pop band in the 50s. And all, and all that, you know. And then all the way through Rainbow to Sabbath to Dio to... The band Dio's, you know, final days where they were still making incredible music, but no one was caring. No one was buying it. You and I were. Okay. But, you know, the vast, the vast majority of fans, you know, really didn't, didn't really care. And when they got into the hearing aid sessions as well, because Dio was, he was the man, the, the driving force behind that whole thing. You remember in the mid eighties. They hold. They had the "We Are the World" and "Do They Know It's Christmas" and all that for for Ethiopia. Oh yeah. Well, well, metal wanted to be represented, or at least Dio, Ronnie James Dio said, metal has to be represented. You know, we're tired of, you know, looking like the red redheaded stepchild and not getting the respect. And he felt that doing the hearing aid sessions would would help that. And you think it would. Okay, but the prejudice against metal is just so strong, you know, that it, I'm afraid it really didn't, uh, at the end of the day, it really didn't do much. This documentary was hosted by Wendy Dio, and, like, speaking to her, or, like, s seeing her in this film, it, it got me thinking, okay, like, here, here on Radioactive Metal, like, we like to have our unique interviews we've talked to authors we've talked to members of the a member of the san francisco symphony we've talked to actors comedians producers pr like if when we talk to velma are... i am there <laughs> that's me that's all me. fair enough that's right we spoke to michael myers one time as well still one of my um... favorite interviews <laughs> yeah well i often think like Wendy Dio would have her own wicked story. Like, not not just talking about Ronnie, okay, or her relationship, but what about her? What about Wendy? What what about what what about her life? Yeah. It's the same thing with uh Gloria Cavalera, Max's wife. She's a fantastic lady. I've spoken to her a couple times, like to arrange interviews with Max, but her herself would have a wicked story to tell. Like all of these women that have, um, you know, that are that are married to these musicians, would definitely have something to tell. So I've kind of got that going through my head. And one of these times, man, like we we have to make this happen on the show. Um, so a lot of really cool talking heads: Rob Halford, Sebastian Bach, Lita Ford. When they started talking about, and once again, spoiler, I should have said this at the beginning, but it applies throughout the whole show. Um, when they were talking about Dio dying and seeing Lita Ford break down, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, I, I admit it, like, there were times, uh, okay especially when they were talking about the effect of his passing, 
Like my eyes got misty. I had the lump in my throat. You know, and I unfortunately we never had the opportunity to to speak to Ronnie and have him on the show. But uh it 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 but that's not to say something like this, especially in a situation and an environment like a documentary when it's so well done and it makes you care even more than you already do. Okay. It it hit home. It home. It there was parts it was really tough. Especially, okay, when you when the closest we ever got to Ronnie James Dio was Craig Goldie from Dio. Like we had him on the show and he was a fantastic interview. <clears throat> you know, it's one I'll never forget. As well, they spoke to Dan Lilker from Nuclear Assault and oh, Brutal Truth and all. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Okay, because I'm there and I'm I'm in the theater and I see Craig Goldie and it's like, yeah, we had him on. Then you see another one. You see Dan Lilker. It's like, oh fuck, this is awesome. Had him on the show too. <coughs> Excuse me. One of my favorite, okay, moments in this film was um, when they were spot when they were speaking to um, a piece, a piece, a piecey, a, a peachy. It depends However on which pronounce. brother. I can and I can't keep him straight. <laughs> well, his his drummer. You know, you know, in in Dio, especially apathy. those early apathy. Yes. Okay. Well, as he's speaking, you know about uh, about Ronnie in those early days, right before the Holy Diver record, and he pulled out the old rehearsal demos for 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 Holy Diver. Yeah, and all that, and he, you see him on, like on the screen slapping in the the cassette and press and play, <clears throat> and he spreads out all of these all of these demo tapes and all that. It's like that. As a music fan, that is the that that's what I would be interested in. Okay, yeah, you have the snorting cokes off groupies' asses and all that, and it's like okay, that's fine, but. That's really not for me, okay, because I can't begin to imagine, you know, like I would get home and all my shit would be on the lawn, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's really not for me. And besides, just being the musical geek that I am, like, how cool, how, how cool to be in a situation like that, oh, yeah, dude. you know, talking with one of these legends and him pulling out his old demo tapes and all that. And it's like, like the music geek in me, just like, Oh, wow. This was absolutely fantastic. So <clears throat> everyone that was lucky enough to, uh, to check out, <coughs> excuse me, this, um, this film in the theater. That's fantastic. When it comes out on dvd or blu-ray i'm definitely going to grab a copy or when it makes its way to tubi or netflix or wherever i'm going to totally recommend that you check it out let's drop a couple tracks here now shall we november 11th and i'm really excited about this the mighty zentrix 
is back with a new record and the first single seven words is available now video up on youtube go check it out so cross old snowy's desk this is the new zendrix with seven words Another system released 
spooky, deserted mansion. Halloween night. All right, dudes! And it does. Let's party! Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live, they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons. Blessed be the sinners, for the Day of Atonement is at hand. Stop looking at me! Premonition, 
I specifically, dude, had you in mind when I tapped Larkin Poe, their new record, Blood Harmony, available now. That was bad spell. And who Larkin Poe is, is it's, it's okay, it's basically a duo, Rebecca and Megan Lavelle sisters, heavily, heavily influence with the blues okay and when you said that i'm like really on this show but yeah no i'm (laughs) I'm aware of them i'm like okay okay. maybe there's somebody maybe i'm confusing them okay yeah they've this it's not like this is their debut record or anything but i i don't know we've never talked about them on the show the new record came across my desk so it wasn't it wasn't 110 you know if if you were down with them but when i heard it it's like we definitely have to play this because not only is Aaron going to really dig this band, but um, Bad Spell, Blood Harmony, like this is stuff for Radioactive Metal October. <laughs> you know, it's not not quite 100% metal, but it's definitely can, can, find, can find a metal audience, shall we say. And before that, much like Zendrix, um, Montreal's Sword, a new record, number three, will be available November 18th. And I haven't heard anything from Sword in the longest time. That is, I am in, in command. I know our former co-host, Rock, being from Montreal as well. Back in the 80s, man, he was a huge fan of Sword. And it's just, it's so cool, you know, to see all of these great bands, you know, either back or have, or never really having left, never left, you know, it's just kind of their quote unquote heyday, you know, was in the eighties, early nineties or whatever, but they always just kept making great music. Yeah. You just had to dig a little further than we had to in 1985, like to find all their stuff because it just it just get gets lost in the noise. But yeah, yeah, Lark and Poe, really great stuff. Sword, really great stuff. Before we kind of get on out of here, there was a couple things that I did want to talk about. I want to say hello, horns up to Mister Fat Mike from No FX. 
January 2023. He is going to be the main man behind the Punk Rock Museum in Las Vegas. Rock on. Now, I imagine what this is going to entail is much like, um, you remember a couple episodes ago, I was talking about the Rolling Stones um, unzipped museum exhibit and all that. I imagine this is going to be quite kind of the same because it's going, this, this museum, okay, is going to be full of punk rock memorabilia, which we're probably talking guitars, outfits, T-shirts, you know, just everything you're ever going to want to see. They're going to have interactive exhibits, a tattoo parlor, a bar, (laughs) you know, hey, a bar and a wedding chapel. Okay, I want to go to this. You know, this is my idea of like a second honeymoon for Mrs. Snowy and I because she loves her tattoos like she's she's covered in tats okay so if 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 i just if i say to my wife let's go to vegas first of all she'll like okay pod person what did you do with my husband what the fuck <laughs> like what is in vegas that you want to go see like like what is it then i would explain it to her well it's the punk rock museum they have a tattoo parlor Ooh, she's been itching for some new ink for a while now. (laughs) Okay, they have a wedding chapel. Like, love, let's go renew our vows in Vegas. (laughs) You know, the more the more I think about this, the more I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited for this. Like, I could totally see us doing this. I could see her getting new ink, and I can see us renewing our vows. Oh, that'd be amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah, it would be absolutely fantastic. Flip this script from real punk rock, and you can argue what no FX is and all that. Fine. Blink-182 has returned. I am so glad you brought that up. (laughs) Say it ain't so. I will not go. Fuck, did you see the ticket prices for this? So here's here, oh. dude. One, the tickets are through the roof; they're astronomical. But two, it's not even like they've been gone for that long. Twenty fifteen, Tom DeLonge left the band. Yeah, like yeah, it's. I think I think what it is though is uh, their heyday. Okay, the teenagers in the I guess it was the late nineties or whatever. When was the rock show? Which was a great song. I thought it was the late nineties. It, it would have been okay. somewhere between ninety nine and two thousand one. Right, right. Well, all of those teenagers that loved Blink are adults now. Yes. They have jobs. They have disposable income, and they Let's still can't together. afford tickets. <laughs> Let's get together. Let's go on tour. And let's fleece everyone. Like, 500 bucks. Okay, f- first of all, when they first started announcing things, and I'm seeing things online, first of all, it was 500 bucks. Really? That is absolutely gross. Okay, like, no, no, no. And then, as I'm seeing more, our good buddy Ducky from our sister program, Wrestling Night in Canada, he sent me a, a screenshot I don't know what city it was in. God, I hope it wasn't Winnipeg. 
But he sent me a screenshot of uh, Ticketmaster, okay. and when they show the outline of the of the Arena Bowl and all that, and how much ticket prices are wherever, right on the floor in front of the stage, eleven hundred dollars. Oh come on! For one ticket, and they're not oh. that good. No, no, really. Like I had a couple Blink records, but I'm. It's not like they're the Ramones. Not at all. <laughs> you know? not, not at all. <laughs> the mean... most I would do, the the most I would do is pay fifty. Okay, for a half decent seat. Well, it would be a hundred to take the misses because she likes Blink more than I do. Okay, but I mean, is that what you want to pay? Even $50, is that what you want to pay to hear them play one song you enjoyed off of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket? <laughs> well, no, like I had a couple I had a couple records and they... Yeah, but seriously, know. like for the amount of well, records well, they have, those are the hits. Right, know? right. And 50 is a little too much, but I'm kind of being reasonable. I'm kind of being like, okay, uh, there's, there's no way I'm paying 100, but... You know, they're not going to be charging any less than 50. So that's how I came up with that number. Like, if I absolutely had to, okay, I'll pay a hundred bucks. Gotcha. For, well, the, for, the, for the two of us. 2200 for the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. You, you blink and see that's me out the door. Forget Dude. it. <laughs> so, have you seen the Hard Times news and what they've been covering for this? Oh, no, but I should. What's going on? So they've had the most amazing posts. They're like, um, man falls in love with a girl at a more affordable rock show. There we are. And so so that was like today's. There's another one. It's like, we sat down with the only family that can afford tickets to see Blink-182, and it's the Kardashians. <laughs> and then my personal favorite, and this was like when... When the show was first announced, is like the first thing they put up. It said, every morning, Travis Barker spends three hours meticulously reapplying 107 temporary tattoos. <laughs> oh, dude, come on. That was some good stuff. Oh, geez. I... Yeah, I yeah. When whenever I see the hard times thing come across my Facebook, it's always a good time and stuff like this. For people like that, and for people like you and I, for content on our shows oh, yeah. and all that, this is fish in a barrel. Oh yeah, it really okay. Is. But the but the reality is, like Blink's people, okay, they know. You know that the markets can sustain this type. Like people will will pay it because they have the mentality, especially Ticketmaster. They have the mentality of you do things our way. We can stick you with all sorts of extra charges and all the fuck me up the ass taxes and all that. And you're going to do it with a smile because what? You're not going to go. Well, you know. Most people will 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 bite will bite the bullet. I think there will be enough people, you know, that that will take will bite the bullet. But you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be disappointed. It's going to be a lot of people that are going to go without doing 
and whatever else, falling behind on their credit card payment, falling behind on their bills on, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, because God damn it, they just had to go and see Blink 182. No. Well, thank damn it, that's you. growing up. Yeah, that's adulting. <laughs> Come on, please tell me you didn't miss that reference. This is growing up. Come on, the Blink oh, 182 song? Sorry. Oh, okay. I, oh. Which song was that? Exactly. Growing up. This is growing up. Oh, no, I guess I Fuck. didn't. I don't know if that's what it's called, but um, damn it. Now I got to look it up. <laughs> While you were doing that. Yeah. Where, before we get into some more tunes and take this crazy train into the station, just yesterday, as we speak, was the record and music sale convention here in Winnipeg, where it's basically, oh yeah, there was there was no guests, there was no bands playing, there wasn't anything like that. It's just a whole bunch of uh, booths, merch booths, all set up selling their wares, mostly mostly vinyl records, inside this huge community center. Yeah, and like we've gone every time, like all of these, you know, we have the big. The end of October, we have the big Winnipeg Comic Con, you know, and then all throughout the year, you have the smaller cons and the music cons and all that. Well, if we don't go to one, you know, we get start to go a little squirrely and all that. So we absolutely had to be there for this. I think I did really well too. Um, got some. Awesome new vinyl here in my hands. I grabbed a vinyl copy of Riot's Born in America. <clears throat> uh, Uriah Heap record head first. This is Latter Day Heap. Okay, when you think of Latter Day Heap being like 1983. Wow. <laughs> okay. And they're still making new music and still touring and all that. But like the new stuff is 40 years old. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. But my 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 favorite score here though in in terms of the vinyl. Do you remember Rock Goddess? No. Okay, Rock Rock Goddess was this three-piece um I guess I, it, to compare them uh, kind of along the lines of girl school, okay. I guess. Okay, just 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 to kind of throw something out there, their um, their record, nineteen eighty four's "Hell Hath No Fury." I never had it on on cassette or anything like that over, over the years. I finally found a vinyl copy of it, and I snagged it right away. Mister Merch guy, you know, Mister Merchant, he's like, "Hey, Rock Goddess, right on." I was actually kind of expecting that to be one of the first records I sold. And I was already a couple hours. The convention was already a couple hours going on. I knew I was going to sell it, but I figured that was going to be one of the first ones. So I'm glad you're, you're, you're picking it out. This same, this same guy. Okay. I had my uh, Manitoba Metal Fest hoodie on. Okay, and I'm going through the metal section, and he took one look at me and my my hoodie, and he's like, 
<coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Okay, going by your shirt there, I don't think I'm going to have anything that you don't already have. <laughs> it's like, That's it's awesome. like, well, I'll let me be the judge of that. And I'm really stoked, really, really stoked to have found that. I found a couple live DVDs. Now, they're not official, you know, live, live, live DVDs. They're fan shot. They're basically live tapes on video. Rock on. Okay, I found a, a live, uh, live in Toronto, 1986, of the Canadian hard rock band Coney Hatch. Really, really good stuff. I haven't got a chance to see these yet. I think I'm going to slap them on as soon as you and I here are done. But the other one was for the legendary hardcore punk band Government Issue. Okay. It was a live DVD shot here in Winnipeg in 1988. Okay. At the, at the cauldron of all places. Okay. Which, you know, in 88, I was obviously fully immersed in the hardcore scene. I was at the, I've been to the Cauldron. A lot of great shows came through there. I'm looking at this, though, and I'm like, when the fuck was government issue in Winnipeg? Like, what the hell? What's going on? How did I miss this? Like holy geez, so when I so I, I snapped up the DVD right away. Like I I need this fucking thing. Okay, I as soon as I got home, I got on the horn with a couple of um, old time punk rockers from the Winnipeg scene back then. Doug 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 from the band Crown of Thorns. It's like, dude, like, were you at the Cauldron in 1988? Government issue? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, they also played the old Punk Douglas Club as well. Like, when? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? When the, when the hell? Where was I? Was I sick that year? <laughs> ah, ah, so mad. So pissed. But none, nonetheless, nonetheless, what did kind of make me... Uh, okay, though, is I found a couple really cool 7-inchers. Okay, I found a copy of The Exploited's Dead Cities. Okay. And a seven-inch of the Toronto hardcore band Sudden Impact. Their demo tape back from the early 80s, pressed courtesy of Supreme Echo Records in Vancouver. They pressed that demo onto a seven-inch single. All right. And not only that, but the insert, all the lyrics and all that is in the form of a cool and I'm, I got the I got it in my hand right here. I'm pulling it out. <clears throat> it's in the form of a really cool like um, old punk rock fanzine style with old pictures and the layout oh, and a sticker, which I just dropped. I don't want to lose that. And all that. So uh, I'm really excited about this. They stuck me for 20 bucks for it. Okay, fine. It's worth it. As I get all this stuff home, and I'm just sitting in the living room having my first coffee out of my death mug here and all that, <coughs> I start going through my booty here, and it hits me. 
this sudden impact EP is starting to look familiar. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I put everything down. I go straight into my seven inches. Flip, 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 flip. Fuck. <laughs> I, have, I have this one. No. <laughs> okay. All right. And it, it, it's not like I bought it at a store that I could take it back and say, hey, I bought this. I already have it. Can I get some credit? No, I just bought it off some guy. You know, so I'm kind of stuck with it, but I'm sure I'll, maybe what I'll do the next next hardcore punk show or whatever, I'll just take it with me when I see someone who I think, hey, they might appreciate an old impact, sudden impact EP, you know, and say, here, dude, go nuts. Give back to the community. Um, <clears throat> let's get into some tunes here uh, before... We wrap this up. <coughs> Excuse me once again. One of the CDs that I bought on my way out was the Ghoul album, Splatter Thrash. And I thought, hey, it's Halloween. What better band to be playing than the Mighty Ghoul? So this is the title track. Ghoul with Splatter Thrash. Yeah. <laughs> 
everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Some of the tenants claim to have heard noises coming from this room. Like someone on a rampage. What's in the basket? You're that kid Needleman warned me about. The Bradley boy. The freak we separated. I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're... different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. Your brother! <laughs> Open it, if you dare. the legendary the exploited with the aforementioned dead cities and you know what dude now that i think about it and i'll have to go 
out into the archives as well and, and just just check out radioactive metals shows and all that i will bet you the first time that i bought the sudden impact freaked out ep i'll bet you we played a song on that episode too there's just something gnawing at me telling Probably. me that we did that yeah. but like i said whatever you know i'll just i'll just pass it on to someone else and all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend, <coughs> excuse me, once again, happy 16th birthday anniversary, whatever you want to call it. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride with this. And Hell here's yeah, to, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Here's to another 16 years to get us on out of here. Like, I got a whole. I've got a whole stack of wax here, but I just, we had so much other stuff that we were talking about that we're just not going to get to everything. But I figured out, let's go out <clears throat> with the new track from Melted Bodies, their new album, The Inevitable Fork, Volume 1, their new track therapy and i really really dug this when this when this when this song came across my desk it had me thinking like 80s skinny puppy if they were fronted by jello biafra yeah yeah get that going through your head so oh let's go <clears throat> out with that um how can uh, pe people get a hold of us well dear sam man radioactivemetal.org that is where you go. I can't remember why, but that's where you go. <laughs> the The dragon's milk really hit me tonight. Like I had a good hey. dinner. I I didn't have this on an empty stomach, and I'm like, good, losing my focus. It's good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so radioactivemetal.org. All the episodes, past, present, future. Right. Go out there. That's where you can find everything. Um, you can also find us on your favorite podcast app. I triple dog dare you to not find us on your favorite podcast app because we're everywhere, right? We're there. We're You're on honest. iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're everywhere. We're even on Spotify. Thanks to the fine folks, the Shiny Wizards Network, shinywizardsnetwork.com. Um, proud members of that network. If you want to see pictures of things we talk about, like tonight we didn't talk about things, but... Um, as this episode is aired, I've been doing way better at remembering to post pictures. So all the t-shirts I talked about last week are up on Instagram. They happen to hit the same day the episode dropped. And I have other stuff I'm going to talk about next week that I already have pictures waiting for. You know, so we're good there. So it's, it's a good time. Um, Facebook.com slash radmetal. Shit, I just dropped my guitar pick. <laughs> I can't hold on to anything tonight. Um, and did I give the Instagram? I can't remember. Seriously, I've well, been drinking. You, we talked about all the cool stuff that's up on Instagram. Oh, okay. So at RadMetal666 for Instagram. Facebook.com slash RadMetal for Facebook. Um, RadMetal666 at Gmail to send us a line. And I feel like that's all of it. I feel like that's all of it. Yeah, yeah. When you're at the Shining Wizard, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, you might want to 
check out our sister program, Wrestling Night in Canada. If you haven't had enough of your cool Uncle Snowy and you like, <coughs> excuse me, all of the goings on and the in the uh, squared circle, you're going to want to check that out as well once again in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a very special anniversary episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off